Hey, and welcome to Youth Radio. I am not your female host, Shatane Tuck. And I ain't your male host, Jaren Kai. I'm the one and only Shatane Tuck, baby. Tonight, we have a few very interesting segments for you to wrap your noodle around. We have a segment on abusive relationships by Lucia. And Phil takes us into his dark secret world of crocheting. Mina also takes us into the mysterious land of Cambodia. But first, we have some music from our very awesome, very cool music host. Hey, it's Tracy, and I'm here with Michael, and we'll be your music host for tonight. We have some awesome music lined up for you. But first up, Gnarls Barley. Barkley, I'm sorry. Gnarls Barkley is made up of two guys who call themselves CeeLo and Danger Mouse. Their song that I'll be playing tonight is called Crazy. That's right. Crazy is the first single to top UK singles charts for nine weeks continuously since Wet Wet Wet's Love is All Around in 1994. It's now on an equal running with Queen's 1975 success with Bohemian Rhapsody. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. So pleasant about that face Even your emotions have an echo And so much space And when you're out there Without care Yeah, I was out of touch And now here's an interview with a graduate of South Valley Academy who studied abusive relationships. Hi, I'm Lucia Martinez from KUNM Youth Radio. I'm here with Samantha Lujan, a recent graduate of South Valley Academy. Samantha researched young women in abusive relationships. So first of all, what is an abusive relationship? Um, abusive relationship is when one partner of the relationship does any physical or verbal behavior that is intended to hurt or destroy their partner. Why did you start to research abuse? Well, I saw a presentation about how abusive relationships affects young women on a national level, and I learned that the statistics were very high, and I realized that this is a problem that the community should know more about. What motivated you to research about abuse? Well, from learning that nationally abusive relationships affects young women between the ages of 16 and 24, I realized that I fall into this category and a lot of my peers do as well. And so I just, I realized how this affects me and young women around me. So did you just decide to go out and research more about abusive relationships or did you have some sort of program that you went to? Well, at my school, we have what's called the Senior Action Project, and we have to pick an issue in the community that we feel passionately about. And so I decided to choose abusive relationships. And so I learned more about it, and I wrote a research paper about it, and just did things in the community to try to promote awareness. Is South Valley Academy, your school, very community-oriented? Yes, we have what is called this uh, service learning and what we do is every year students must go out into the community and whether that be volunteering at elementary schools or at animal shelters 
and um, it's for our credit. Have you learned any lessons from researching abuse, like how to keep yourself safe? Yes, I learned that, you know, that a lot of people don't realize that they're in an abusive relationship. The most common form of abuse is emotional abuse, verbal abuse, and a lot of people don't realize that if they're being abused verbally or emotionally that they are in an abusive relationship. Why is this issue important to you? Because it affects me, it affects my peers, it, it, it affects any, anybody. It doesn't matter your economic status, your race, your gender. It, it's an issue that affects anyone. Did you learn what the most common results of dating abuse are? Well, nationally, one in five girls is a victim of an abusive relationship or dating abuse. And what I did at my school, I distributed a survey out to all the young women at my school, which was 89. And the result came back that 24% had experienced an abusive relationship. And that came out to one in four girls at my school. That was a big issue. Have you yourself ever been in, in an abusive relationship? I myself have never experienced an abusive relationship, but I have many friends who have and who tell me about it. And this is what, what motivated me to learn more about it so that I know how to approach a friend and, you know, and just give them the information so that they can, they can seek help. Do you have a message to youth in abusive relationships? If you're in an abusive relationship, just seek help. Uh, talk to a parent, a trusted adult, your school counselor. There's hotlines available. There's very helpful websites such as seeitandstopit.org or safeyouth.org. Those are very good websites to check out. You know, you can take quizzes on if you're in abusive relationships. They provide very helpful information about what to do if you are in an abusive relationship. So I just say research, research the issue yourself and just try and um, try and get out and just learn more about it so you can, you can prevent from being a victim. And abuse goes farther than just dating, right? You can have different relationships that are abusive. Yes. The forms of abuse are physical, verbal, emotional, sexual. Um, the most common is verbal abuse. And that's what misperception with abuse is, is that, you know, people just think that it's physical or sexual, but in fact, it's verbal, it can be emotional, all of those things. What are the warning signs of abuse? The warning signs of abuse can be anything like control, manipulation, put downs, um, threats. I had a friend who was experiencing abuse and her boyfriend he would he broke her phone on one instance. He would get really upset when she wouldn't return his calls. He had to know constantly where she was at every moment, who she was talking to, who she was hanging out with at school. Just things like that and that can lead to later on physical abuse. Do you have anything else to add? Just be safe, learn the warning signs, and if you're in an abusive relationship, just seek help and just keep yourself safe. I just really want to thank you, Samantha, for coming here and sharing what you've learned and also doing the research because, well, I've already seen some abuse or somewhat abuse even at my age. And I think that more people, not just women, need to know about it and either how to stop it or realize that they're the ones perpetrating it. And thank you so much, Samantha. I learned a lot. Thank you.
That was Samantha Lujan on a domestic violence issue. Now I toss the mic to Zamiza Peeps. Thank you. Have you ever felt lost in a new place? So did the Pevensies as they journeyed through the magical land of Narnia. When Walden Media and Disney announced that they would be bringing this book to life for the screen, music writers jumped at the opportunity to find a niche in what was sure to be a box office hit. Many of them were shoved to the Inspired by Companion CD. Elizabeth Scott, who had previously found herself alongside big-name orchestral artists such as John Williams and Hans Zimmer, was one of the lucky few who claimed a spot in the film's credits. When she teamed up with the Narnia's music, with Narnia's music score composer Harry Gregson Williams, the next song "Where" was born. If you haven't heard of Michael Bublé, you haven't been in a public area for the past year or so. A new singing prodigy, Bublé has the rare ability to take swing music and truly infuse it with his own unique style. Every song becomes his own, as if one has never heard it before. In this next song, he finds harmony with his singing partner in crime, Nelly Furtado, a unique Canadian music artist whose constant experiments with composition are her claim to fame. So by now you're probably wondering when will this song start? Well, so are Bublé and Furtado. Listen in as they ask each other, "Quando, quando, quando?" Last month, the North Forth Art Center presented Cambodian Stories, a show of dance and painting. Eco and Koma, a Japanese-American dance duo, collaborated with the Ryum Institute of Arts and Culture in Cambodia to create their production. Let's see. I first heard of Cambodian Stories when I hosted Calendar on Youth Radio. The following week. Roberto told us how she had an extra ticket and wanted one of us to cover it for the show. Wow, was I excited! Right then and there, I really wanted to go. After all, my parents lived in Cambodia when they were younger. When my parents got tickets to go too, I was just a bubble bursting with joy. I was happy that they'd be coming with me. All right, show time. When the show started, I just couldn't wait to see what they'd be doing. I'll admit. It wasn't really what I thought it would be, but it was still good. You see, the dance room that they used is buto. In one part of the show that caught me off guard was when I thought they were sort of dead because of a long stillness. The background noise was also crickets chirping, so maybe they were just sleeping. Anyways, the way they would dance was pretty slow, but sometimes during their dances, they would paint. The first painting was on a canvas about ten feet by seven. There were seven artists. Who stood over the painting on a scaffold? They finished painting it in five minutes. 
After they finished, two or three artists picked up the canvas and revealed an image of a girl standing in a traditional Cambodian pose. It made me go, whoa, how do they paint such pretty paintings in so little time? That would have taken me decades. After the show, Lucia and I wanted to interview them, but I felt really nervous. Then my mom told me that my dad was already talking to them. This was our chance. My dad could help translate. That definitely made me feel better. In the background, you could hear my dad talking to them in Khmer, which is the language spoken in Cambodia. After interviewing them with my dad's help, I felt that Lucia and I were ready to go off on our own. We found Aiko and Koma in the lobby and they agreed to talk to us. Aiko and Koma are two dancers from Japan that collaborated with the Rayum Institute of Arts and Culture. They performed workshops with the dancers before coming to the U.S. for their tour. Aiko and Koma led us to one of their dancers, Chakreya So, who besides Aiko, is the only girl in the production. What is the importance of the work that you've done with the youth? I don't think we should be talking about the importance of the work. It should be audience who should feel. But us, we can talk about the importance of working in collaboration, right? Because sometimes people like the work, sometimes people don't like work. So I don't want to be pretentious by saying, oh, this is important. It is important because we are working together. You know, we are different, different language, different age, different country, mm-hmm. but we are trying to find some commonalities. Mm-hmm. So you find more difference as you know more commonalities. Mm-hmm. And if you know more commonalities, you find more differences. And so it's really learning each other. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I learn as much from they learn from us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite amazing what 16 years old can do. That little girl is 16. Interviewing them was fantastic. That whole night was phenomenal. I'm glad my parents came along because I don't know what we'd do if my dad didn't help us translate. I'm really pleased that I went and got the opportunity to cover it on Youth Radio. For KUNM Youth Radio, I'm Mina Lee. Thanks, Mina, for that interesting and informative commentary. Now, I shoot. I'm shooting. I'm tossing it over to Tracy Trab. And I caught it. Yay! Did you see her run? (laughs) (laughs) Unlike most musicians, Jeff Tucker had no dream of becoming a rock star. Instead, he's now the lead singer, guitarist, and songwriter for the Los Angeles-based alternative rock band Rock Hills Kid. He was a socially withdrawn, barely employed, and directionless 19-year-old. Writing saved him. You can hear it in the songs that he writes. Here's the song, Paralyzed, by Rock Kills Kid.
hanging round downtown by myself and I had so much time to sit and think about myself and then there she was like double cherry pie yet yeah, there she was like disco superfly you just heard Sex and Candy by Marcy Playground. And right before that, you heard Paralyzed by Rock Kills Kid. Next up, I have a song by a band called Jack's Mannequin. If you didn't know, the lead singer is also the lead singer for Something Corporate. Here's Jack's Mannequin with Dark Blue. You're listening to Youth Radio, 89.9 FM. K-U-N-M. Albuquerque, Santa Fe. Next, Dr. Phil has a commentary on crocheting from a guy's point of view. Well, when you hear the words crocheting, what images come to mind? Perhaps you see old ladies sitting in a group crocheting scars for their grandchildren and conversing about how little Timmy ate his booger as if it's a sign of a child prodigy. Trust me, I've experienced this before, but in modern times, though, crocheting aren't just being done by arrogant grannies, but shifting to girls in the early childhood to, ch- to teenagers. What also caught my eye was that teenage boys started picking up this new pop craze as well. Yes, I'm a crocheting master. Well, not yet, but on the pathway, though. One boring night at my grandmother. One boring night, my grandmother pulled me out of the boring phase of night. You know, that part of night where you stare at the wall and wonder, what causes farts to stink so bad? Did I just say that out loud? But back to my point. My grandma dragged me to her sewing table, literally, and taught me the craft of crocheting. Soon after my first slip knot I made, I was hooked. So over half a year now, I've been making hats and scarves, but I'm still afraid to come out of the closet as a crocheting apprentice. Ah, uh, with society today, society today, it's kind of awkward to see a boy crocheting. I don't mean to sound like a hypocrite, but I just can't process the idea, the idea of being me so the idea of being me so obsessed about a girly hob, hobby. I look at I look at it now as a productive and a healthy hobby. Instead of just watching TV, I now can crochet and watch TV. Hey, I should get that published. At school though, I hardly took my projects with me. I guess I was scared to show my ability of making scarves. Again, it's a girly hobby thing running through my head. Don't know why I was so scared of being ridiculed, of crocheting, of crocheting. I was bigger than most people and probably intimidate them by just standing there. Every now and then, I exposed my talents to some girls and was asked to make hats and scarves, which is my specialty if you haven't guessed. So that's, that was another good factor of mine of crocheting. Well, what I got out of all of this 
instead of a huge pocket of chump change, is the memories of my grandmother sitting up late at night, talking and crocheting, and the wisdom she has passed down to me, and that has been instilled in me for the future to come. And I would like to take the time and thank her for that. Thanks, Graham. So with that ending note, this is Phil, the Crocheting Apprentice. If you need any tips or projects, hit me up at the Youth Radio website. That is www.kunm.org slash youthradio. Good night and good luck. That was Phil with a commentary on crocheting. Woo woo! Now I demand to hear more music. All right, we can do that for you. This past April, Pope Joy Hall in Albuquerque was graced with the presence of the touring production of Broadway's award-winning musical, Hairspray. In the show, Tracy Turnblad is a young girl with big dreams that almost rival her big hair, held in place with ultra-clutch hairspray. As the play takes place in Baltimore during the 1960s, Tracy crosses paths with the issues of racism and segregation in her pursuit of stardom and the local TV pretty boy. In this next song, Without Love, Tracy and her beau, Link, express their need for each other through the bars of prison which Tracy has landed herself in for her civil rights activism. Her best friend Penny, also caught in the fray, finds herself being rescued from her own room by her new love, Seaweed. Here's the cast of Hairspray, contemplating a life without love. Penny, what happened? My mother's punishing me for going to jail without permission. Well, I've come to rescue the fair maiden from her tower. Oh, seaweed. Tracy, you look beautiful behind bars. It must be the low-watt institutional lighting. Tracy, they can keep us from kissing, but they can't stop us from singing. Once I was a selfish fool who never understood. I never looked inside myself, though on the outside I looked good. Wow, you would not believe the party we just had in here. Anyway, moving on. Pixar, one of the biggest names in animation today, recently joined back with its parent company, Walt Disney Studios. After a falling out with Disney's previous chairman, Michael Eisner, Pixar found itself seeking a new distributor for their films. During this ongoing crisis, Finding Nemo found its way into the picture. The charming film about a clownfish father, Marlin, searching for his son Nemo with a dim-witted blue tang, Dory, by his side, became an instant hit, grossing over $399 million in the U.S. alone. Despite this, Eisner called for a split between Disney and Pixar for personal reasons. Not only did Nemo carry an amazing story, but it held many firsts for Pixar in animation. The music score changed dramatically as well. Up until this film, songwriter Randy Newman had taken charge of the tunes. This time, Thomas Newman, bumped into the spotlight a year later for his scoring of A Series of Unfortunate Events, took the helm. Here is the musical number for Nemo's plan to foil the villain, Darla, while his father, Marlin, rides the off-ramp down from the East Australian Current. Hey, it's me, Fat Phil, with the PH, telling you what's going down in New Mexico. Feel like learning a new dance move? All right, we'll stand up. Put your left hand in, put your left hand out. 
put your left hand in and shake it all about. No, just playing. Well, there is a carnival samba dance class being offered at Harwood Dance Studio at 1114 7th Street, New Northwest, every first three Tuesdays of each month. Classes start at 5.30 p.m. For, for info, you can contact the studio at 247-1585. Feel like giving a hand? Volunteers are needed to feed newborn kittens at the city shelter of Albuquerque. For more info, call them at 764-1137. For all those Disney lovers, here's an event an event for you. A spoonful of sugar and a cupful of tea. A Disney review. Meet some of your favorite characters while enjoying afternoon tea at St. James Tea Room at 901 Rio Grande Northwest from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. on June 7th. For more info on this grand party, call 242-3752. Also on June 7th, it's World Ocean Day. The Albuquerque Biological Park and Wild Oats Natural Marketplace are hosting the second annual Seafood Festival Day from 6 to 9 p.m. at the Albuquerque Aquarium. Event goers will sample a variety of seafoods and snacks, watch an educational film, listen to live music, and view live mermaids in the shark tanks. For more info, you can call the Festival Peeps at 764-6280. Is there anything we can't do with on computers now? We can write, play games, listen to music, watch movies, create fine art, and create fine art. The Digital, the digital Fine Art Society of New, New Mexico will show imaginative works created with computers at Fisher Gallery on 1620 Central Southeast on June 7th. From 5, p.m. To 5, from 5 to 9 p.m. For more Joe on this Shibby event, you can call the Society at 247-1529. Instead of sitting on your butt all summer long, get out and join the Ultimate Frisbee League. There is an age limit though, 16 and up. Sorry, but you can contact Sarah for more info at, at 977-2096 or visit the site on the web www.abqultimate.org. Warehouse 21 is putting up two shows on June 7th. The Elliott Project, Bravo F, Bravo, and the Cherry Temple are playing. And on June 9th, a Gadget Affair, a Separatist Faction, and One Down, and a Brave New World are also playing. For more info, you can contact the Warehouse 21 at 505-989-4423 or visit their website at www.warehouse21.org. On Tuesday, June 8th, Corrales Community Library is starting the summer reading program. Enjoy storytelling and dances done by teens. From 7, 7, o'clock, from 7 to 8 p.m. For more info, call 897-0733. And at last, here's what is premiering this week at the movies. The Omen on 666. Such a lucky number. The remake of, the remake of a horror classic of the Antichrist. This movie is rated R, so yeah, you have to bring your parents. What a drag. But make sure to watch out for kids named Damien on that day. Also, on June 9th, the long-awaited Disney Presents Disney presents a Pixar movie, Cars, is showing. A hot rod race car learns that life is a journey, not a race. This is rated G. And that is your calendar for this week. Good night and good luck. Hey, I love that movie. The next band has two albums out, Start Static and Palm Trees and Powerline. They've had singles such as Memory and Pretty Girl. The lead singer, Tom Paganta, joyfully sings Everybody's Talking About Blowing Up the Neighborhood. All I Ever Wanted to Do Was Get Away in their song, Stuck in America, which I'll play now. Here's Sugar Colt with Stuck in America. Stuck in America. 
You're listening to Youth Radio on 89.9 FM, Albuquerque, Santa Fe. Um, <laughs> the last song I'll be playing tonight is Say Anything by Cartel, but stick around for Michael's last song. Yeah. And baby, don't follow Our producer this our producer this evening was Lucia Martinez. Our insanely vicious foaming at the mouth music hosts were Tracy Trab and Michael Harley. The other people in Youth Radio are Avikra Lucky, Phil Riley, Mina Lee, Marsh Jalan, Paula Castillo, and Kyle Ferris. Our adult evil co-conspirators are Steve Emmons, Roberto Real, Marcos Martinez, Chris Lupino, and Otiama Umi. The commentary on crocheting was done by Phil Riley. The domestic violence interview was produced by Lucia Martinez. The Cambodian story piece was produced by Mina Lee. My lovely co-host is Chatenay Talk. You know it. And the always crazy but lovable Jaren Kai is my co-host for tonight. This is it for our show tonight. Yo, yo, yo. Spoken up is next. Spoken word is up next. Yeah. Yeah.